previously on Little Bit Leaving. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island, UK in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, it is my podcasting partner and partner in life, Becca. Hey, hey, hey. We are bringing you a very special episode today. This is our first and hopefully only pretty much unedited release. Yeah, we wanted to make sure we got this episode, which is going to be covering week seven of season seven, out to you all who are watching on the Hulu schedule and ready to listen when you have finished that last episode of the week. We are going on vacation and we don't want to deal with this crap. That is right. And if you really like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash little bit leave it and support us for as little as $2 a month. Yeah, help us take more vacations. Those $2 vacations. Is that like going to the Wendy's dollar menu? Both of us? That is both of us getting to order something. Woohoo! As long as we have some spare change, we can rustle up from the couch or the car, but... Or our son's piggy bank. Yes, we could always steal it from our five-year-old son. So this week in the villa was a pretty eventful week. A lot happens again. Happiness, sadness, new people. The basics. This week we are recovering from mad movies. The fallout continues, and while Faye and Teddy have the biggest blow-up, they do manage to recover by the end of the week. Meanwhile, Jake and Lib are still figuring things out. Well, they have a happy ending. Yeah, they do. Wait, the ending is happy. They don't have a happy... They don't have a happy ending, although maybe they do. I don't know. Anyway. According to Lib, they have previously had many happy endings, but... Let's not get to graduation yet. We also meet presumably the last new Islanders of the season. Aaron, a 24-year-old footballer from Kent, which is at the southeast of England. Priya, a a 23-year-old med student. And Brett, a 27-year-old from Derbyshire, who is a PhD student and a model with no fashion sense. We also say goodbye to Abby, Dale, and Villa legend, Matt. We're done. Everyone um, graduates. That's the other thing that happens this week. Well, not everyone, but the core four blondes, for sure. And their dudes. So let's start with the last of the mad movie fallout. The juxtaposition of Faye breaking up with Teddy while Millie is taking Liam back Well, for me, that was sad and kind of a little bit disturbing. We have one couple that is working really hard to get through their issues and another couple that's just ignoring their issues. So in the morning girls chat, while Faye stews about being duped, Millie tells the girls that she and Liam were smooching and they are back in love. Yeah. Uh, Later, they're shown smooching by the pool, whispering sweet nothings about how kissing feels so much different now that they have this special soul connection. 
I mean, that's well and good, I guess, but I did not appreciate Liam pushing her to answer questions about the future so soon after the reconciliation. Like, live in the moment, man. Enjoy your ill-deserved victory. Yeah. I'm not a Liam fan. Y'all probably have figured that out by now. But Faye, I am a fan of Faye, and she is madder at Jake than she is at Teddy. And she thinks that Jake encouraged Teddy to stray. And for some reason, Jake just doesn't blurt out that he and Teddy slept next to each other every night on the day bed. And that ultimately, he was a big part of why Teddy did not stray. Jake offers to talk to Faye on Teddy's behalf. I feel like that was a missed opportunity to do exactly what you just pointed out. But Jake and Faye do have a convo about their own issues. She's upset that Jake let her believe quote unquote lies. So Jake stands up for himself. She pushes it back at Jake. They realize they're not going to see eye to eye. That They're going to agree to disagree and they hug it out. You know, if he hurt her more than Teddy, like she says, he got off way too easily. Yeah. But it is shown through the week that they their friendship is gone after this. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're done. But Faye and Teddy are not. Yeah. Faye and Teddy, they talk about why she dumped him. And essentially it boils down to that she is upset because she was surprised. She was embarrassed. And because Teddy omitted some of the flirting that she saw on the screen, it really looked to her like he mugged her off intentionally. And she's really hurt. And she says she'd rather be done than hurt. It's impressive that they have managed to keep the lines of communication open, especially with Faye still throwing attitude when he calmly, plainly asks her if they can chat. He says, can I talk to you? And she says, can you tell the truth? She is really hung up on the lying by omission part. She said that she made sure to overshare about Sam so there were no secrets. And Teddy knows she's just trying to escape something becoming real. He asks her if he is really supposed to let her go. Teddy, you are a brave and perhaps foolish man. Yeah, I am a big Teddy fan. Okay, so there's one other thing that I didn't mention and I've been stewing on all week, right? And I think you kind of touched upon this too with Faye, you know, what Faye's mad about. All Teddy had to do was acknowledge Faye's feelings. All he had to say was, yeah, that looks bad. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I can see why you're hurt and upset. All he says was, oh, you didn't ask that question regarding his extracurriculars at CASA. And that sounds so guilty. Having your feelings validated goes such a long way. If you're a newbie in the romance arena, write that one down. You don't have to agree, but you do have to listen. And if you repeat it back and take responsibility that your actions cause their feelings, you go a lot further. Oh, someone remembers their imago training. But yeah, I think that's right. I mean, as viewers, we have the benefit of seeing all the conversations that, that Faye they is show, having. That they show us. Yeah, that they show us. But we see all the conversations Faye is having. And Teddy isn't part of all those conversations. But I do agree with you that generally he could have done a better job at validating her feelings earlier on. Especially because she's not wrong. Yeah. and But you know who has really figured this out? 
Frickin' Toby. Frickin' Toby. Frickin' Toby, who has totally won me over by this point. It's Toby Island now. That's a joke I was originally going to say later, but whatever. Toby continues his personal growth arc by telling Kaz that she needs to apologize to Matt and ask to be friends with him. Toby has a good laugh at her situation. She's the one hurting feelings now. The student has become the master. I know. And she doesn't exactly apologize, uh, but Matt does see that pulling him in the first place is really meant to be a peacemaking and conciliatory gesture. And so he really does clear the air with her. Kaz and Matt agree to be civil. He says he sees the spark between her and Tyler and to get it, girl. My words, not his. Uh, Kaz is buoyed by this closure and she grabs Tyler to the snog porch and tells him her doors are wide open, baby. Again, my words. He is redeemed Ty Ty, as he will be called by me for as long as they manage to stay together on the show and they go back to snog town. Two one-way tickets. Meanwhile, Jake and Lib try to hash out her feelings about the clip of him saying he wasn't attracted to her. She's always had insecurity about the way she looks, and I think this hit deeper than he expected. He finally acknowledges her pain, saying he wanted the ground to swallow him whole when it played. She says she let it go temporarily due to the Faye drama, but today it needs to be dealt with. He says he's sorry, move on. He doesn't say it like that, but regardless, it was rude. He doesn't get to tell her that. Also, he should have pounced on her after she forgave him and showed her just how much he was into ripping her clothes off now. And it was sort of a tepid, you know, sweet little reconciliation, but he should have been trying to boing her. Yeah, he he never even just says, oh, I think you're so sexy. He just keeps saying, well, you're my girlfriend. You're my girlfriend. I mean, dude dude we're telling you to go boink the girl why are you not listening to us i don't know man i think these girls might be on to something and in a couple nobody really cares about mary and dale discuss the pressure to move quickly as the only new couple not entering the love zone kind of sounded friend zony on mary's behalf yeah i i think mary is uh kind of done with him and uh we find that out for sure at club island vibes and we get a text we're going to the club more like club season four vibes i kind of expected uh, georgia and sam to oversee the dumping instead of laura whitmore if georgia Steele became the new host i would not even complain you know that's actually kind of a crazy but good idea so faye is excited to go out with her girls to recover from a breakup except her ex will be at the club too. Yeah, and she'll know all the guys there. Uh, Tyler tells Kaz that he thinks Casa made them stronger, which, I don't know, just get a load of this dude. Billy Big Balls over here. Well, Kaz agrees with you. She tells him, we made it through, drop it, and she plans a kiss on him. Yep, and Liam and Millie are now officially exclusive, which in Love Island lingo means that they are committing not to dating anyone else while they're in the villa, or at least simultaneously as they as they date them in the villa. So it's not exactly the biggest commitment in the world, but it's not nothing. And uh, at least they don't make a big deal about it. 
uh, unlike another couple. Now, the real reason we're at club season four is that the public has voted and two Islanders will be leaving the villa. The bottom three girls are Abby, Mary, and Kaz, while the bottom three boys are Dale, Tyler, and Jake. Now, here's a little fun fact. All three girls up for elimination have previously been coupled up with Toby. He's like a poison. He wilts whatever he touches. No, he's like the anti-Hugo. Like Hugo would couple up with a girl and then she'd immediately leave. Toby, you couple up with Toby, you're just... you're. You're locked in the villa for a while. <laughs> uh, but poor Lib, she could lose her bestie and her man. And you can see those thoughts written all over her face. Yeah, but we all know that's not going to happen. The boys choose to dump Abby. Loyalty to Tyler prevents them from dumping Kaz. And Abby has basically been telling everyone for the last day that she's ready to go home. She felt like a spare part, poor thing. Now, the girls choose to dump Dale because, well, they sure as hell weren't going to dump the love interest of one of the original girls. Do I feel bad for Mary? No. No, I do not. No, she's already friend-zoned Dale at this point, I think. So, all in all, this was a really disappointing elimination for me. It could have potentially really shaken things up given what the couplings are like. You know, several past Islanders, including Paige, Amber Gill, and Samira, said this dumping was pointless and that the public should have picked. What's funny is that the internet was swooning about how cute Abby and Dale look together. And I think in some like alternate hipster universe, they would make a hot couple. Yeah, I agree. And I get the point about allowing the public to pick, but... I also think that I understand why the producers want to let the Islanders pick because ultimately it probably does um, create more compelling narratives, especially at this point in the season when you're trying to tie everything together and wrap things up. I, I get why they wouldn't do that in this case, but you know, I agree. Super disappointing recoupling. The public is a cruel mistress and it makes for some odd twists. Yeah, but now it really looks like the rest of the season is is mapped out, uh, except it's time for two new Islanders. Texts all around. We've got Aaron, that 24-year-old footballer from Kent. He was on Sutton United. Uh, he chooses to go on dates with Mary and Chloe. So Sutton United, I don't want to go too into the details. I could probably do a deep dive just about this soccer club. Um, it's a notable club because they were just promoted from the top level of the kind of non-professional leagues, um, which is, by the way, a far higher level of play than Team Hashtag. So Aaron's team just went into the lowest professional league known as League Two, and their games will now be televised. Aaron, though, um, he kind of had a small role on the team last season. He did score a goal. But he is currently not listed on the roster for the upcoming season. Anyway, on to the dates. He and Mary are clearly very attracted to one another. She tells him she and Dale had sputtered out. So I was right about the friend zoning because it wasn't clear at the time. Um, she tells Teddy later that she zoned out of the conversation with Aaron because she was so focused on his hotness. Meanwhile, Chloe is hoping that Aaron isn't hot because she does not need any more drama. Yeah, he tries to sweet talk Chloe. Uh, then he negs her by calling her old. And then 
he just tries to pitch himself as a vehicle for revenge against Toby. But Chloe's a fucking weapon. Yeah. She does not tolerate any of his JV bullshit. Yeah, go Chloe. Then we've got Priya. She is that 23-year-old med student, and she picks to go on dates with Teddy and Matt. Coincidentally, the two guys with financial consulting careers. So we see the return of first date Teddy, that old charmer. Well, Faye doesn't see it because she lies down on the rooftop bench in order to not watch. She doesn't need wrinkles in her Botox. But he ends the date by telling Priya that he is not done with Faye. And we barely see Priya's date with Matt, but we do learn that she is an ultra marathoner. He later says he didn't want the date to end. Matt is into her. Uh, As Teddy and Mary return from their dates, she gives the gang a big thumbs up. Mary is, sorry, this is out of order, but whatever. Mary is very into Aaron. Teddy does a very revealing nothing. So the gang is all like, what? Oh, my God. They know right away that Teddy is not turning his head. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've got Chloe post-date ops for a little deception. She pulls the wool out from under Toby's eyes, as Kaz would say, by pretending that she wants to get to know Aaron. I almost lost my shit here. I really almost lost my shit here. But it turns out she was winding us all up. Toby tells her that's not very nice. He's finally vulnerable. Uh, So after the gang greets the newbies, Faye gets down to business with Priya, marking her territory and telling her that, you know, it's okay that she took him out, but it's really not okay. In the beach hut, more tellingly, Faye says, she seems like someone you want to take home to your mom. I'm probably not. And I just find that heartbreaking. Yeah, Faye's self-esteem issues have really come to the forefront over these last six or eight episodes. Uh, Meanwhile, Teddy and Mary have a conference about his POA with Faye. It was a nice, friendly moment, but the internet was kind of buzzing about them flirting. Uh, Priya must have seen it the same way because she crashes this conversation to find out where Teddy's head is at. And he tells her, yet again, he's not done with Faye. To Priya's credit, however, she does tell Faye at bedtime that Teddy is still into her and she has no plans to interfere. This is how we know that most people are only half watching the show, because if you actually watch that scene, there's no flirting. It's all about Teddy and Faye getting back together and Mary giving him advice. Anytime two Islanders who are not coupled up have a chat and smile, people like to jump on them. There's more of that later, again, with poor Mary. But anyway... So Faye admits to Millie that she really overreacted to Teddy's behavior shown in the mad movies. And Millie obviously very strongly agrees with Faye. Uh, More woman-splaining. Actually, Faye says she reacted wrong. Millie says, no, you just overreacted. Uh, Faye jokes, nice telling me now. But yeah, Faye was right to be mad. She just put mad on Turbo, which she probably shouldn't have done. But... Faye and Teddy, they may be my favorite couple, but the main event of this week, it's got to be Lib and Jake. They're the center of the action this week, and it starts off with a little bit of a lighthearted comedy of errors. So she thinks she lost the couple bracelet that he gave her at the club, at the Club Island Vibes, uh, when she gave Abby a bauble. 
she keeps talking about how she gave Abby one of the baubles on her wrist. Yeah, and I kept thinking they're saying bubble at first. But anyway, um, but did she actually lose it? She's been avoiding Jake because she thinks she's lost it and she's scared that he'll be upset with her uh, for losing it. Now, of course, the fact that she is avoiding Jake makes Jake think that he has done something wrong because, hey, Lib has been avoiding him all day. So he has a chat with Toby about his feelings about being on the bottom. He didn't want to go without Lib because he didn't want her to have to choose between staying in the villa and leaving on his account. And he mentions he can tell she's off, but he doesn't know why. Uh, Lib and Chloe have a chat with Kaz about Tyler being in the bottom. Yeah, and this is the conversation where Chloe reveals, oh, she's, I saw your bracelet, Lib. It was, it was on the floor in the dressing room. But I didn't pick it up. So they go back up there and miraculously, the bracelet is still on the floor. When they come back down, Jake wanders over because he's afraid that the conversation was something serious about him. So Lib comes clean, tells him what happens. He thinks it is hilarious. But does it imply any unhealthy dynamics in their relationship? I don't love how Lib was scared to tell him the truth. That seems bad to me. I don't think she was scared to tell him like he would beat her up or something. No. No one wants to disappoint their partner by losing something sentimental that they gave you. I can't count how many times I've secretly misplaced my fancy wedding band. I never tell you. Good thing, too. I mean, if like I lost it on the beach, I would tell you. But usually it's just somewhere bullshit in the house. I think maybe she just... She's just a little insecure, which is normal for a young woman her age. And you don't want to disappoint your partner. Now, on the other hand, we do have some couples coming together, right? We've got Priya and Matt. They seem to be hitting it off. Matt's game is strong and Priya does really seem to like him. She greatly appreciates the morning coffee. That's a first for her. So again, relationship newbies, write it down. It works at home, too. Yep, and uh, the Casa guys, of course, make much better coffee than the, the OG guys. So do you. Oh, thank you, honey. We've also got Faye and Teddy coming together again. Faye cries to Millie about her inability to control her emotions, and she says to Millie that it is the first time in her life that she's not been able to run. Millie tells her to apologize and reminds her that she deserves one, too. We get more Faye self-awareness in the beach hut. And then she apologizes to Teddy. Uh, well, Millie has to drag her over there, but they do both apologize for their various wrongs. And Teddy really wants to believe it can be different if they move forward together. He needs it to be different. Her declaring herself done really hurt. He can't let her back in so easily and he warns her it's going to be a process. There's going to be some groveling involved. But they do kiss over a horrible, horrible cover of in the air tonight by Phil Collins. To the great applause from the other Islanders who must not have been hearing the song. Yep. And he takes his rightful place in bed that night. Uh, in the morning, as promised, Faye is sent to make him coffee. She not only brings it to him on her own sweet time, of course, but clears all the guy's dirty dishes, which I thought was a nice touch. For sure. Uh, Tyler and Kaz sleep in the day bed. It wasn't them, but someone's ass was clapping in the bedroom that night. Whoa. 
Now we've also got Mary and Aaron coming together. Aaron is grafting hard, but he gets his eggs and baskets and counting chickens idioms a little bit mixed up. He takes one more crack at Chloe, who tells him yet again that she's team Toby. He says he still wants to get to know her, and she says, obviously, she's the best one. But it is very clear that it's no, it's going nowhere with Chloe. So he and Mary have another conversation, a very uncomfortable conversation, in which Mary suggests just skipping the small talk and right going right to discussing marriage and babies. I thought he looked pretty icked out. Yeah, I would be too. That kind of came out of nowhere. But I guess it was only temporary. Definitely. Uh, It's amazing what uh, TV and uh, fame and 50,000 pounds will do. Anyway. And hot blondes. Yes. Uh, The next day, uh, Aaron enlists Liberty, Kaz, Toby, and Priya to help him prepare a uh, deluxe snack tray for Mary. So it's uh, a bowl of hummus and carrots and a bowl of candy. But whatever, they snog. There was lots of debate on Facebook about whether or not the carrots should have been peeled, in case you're wondering. Yeah, some people do not peel their carrots. I typically do. Only rabbits eat their carrots unpeeled. No, some people don't peel their carrots. Uh, Mary and Aaron get closer through the week, eventually declaring themselves a little bit obsessed with each other. And I'm pretty sure that's the last time we're going to mention them in this recap. Yeah, uh, they don't get much screen time the second half of the week. Um, but we've got our first challenge of the week, the sex gods challenge, where Jake goes first and gets stuck in the lava. Yeah, there's like costumes. There's like Greek god costumes and there's challenges. I don't know. We kind of blow through this one. Yeah. As Liam blows right through the lava. It was nice to see a fun, happy Teddy strut his stuff. Yeah. Priya makes Matt earn uh, a real kiss. After 20 pull-ups. Hey, maybe they're getting somewhere. Uh, Toby nearly drops the world. I guess they're supposed to be Atlas. I was very disappointed that he recovered and didn't bite it. I don't know. I I wanted Jake to bite it more than anybody. Uh, But Ty Ty wins and no one cares except him and Toby who knights him a sex god. And soon after that, it's time for Brett. The girls discover some smart-looking dude in the garden while the guys knight Ty-Ty. Yeah, so here is the only person all season whose promo photos look better than the real person. It's Brett. A.K.A. Lord Farquaad. Thank you, Internet. He is 27 from Derbyshire, and he is both a PhD student and the worst-dressed model I have ever seen. He's also never had a serious relationship. Yep. Now, Derbyshire is located in the Midlands of England, so it's between the cool stuff further south London. and the the cool stuff further north. Manchester. And it's basically Brett in geographic form. Charming at first, then kind of boring, and then just annoying. Actually, I'm just talking about Brett here. I've never been to Derbyshire, and apologies to to the Derbyshireans and everybody in the Midlands. Is that the correct demonym? Definitely not. So the guys get to meet him while dressed in their Spartacus undies. Brett gets five minutes of being the best dressed guy in the house. The only five minutes he will get in that position. And it is immediately clear that Priya and Brett are super into each other, at least superficially, and that he is going to graft pretty hard. Yeah, she's super excited that he told her, you look great. 
when they first met, and she was the only one he said that to. Uh, And she quickly lays off any PDA with Matt because she knows Brett can see them. And they're, you know, in that little round area where couples like to be alone, but not the snogging deck. Yeah, they're in the snog booth. Yes. And she keeps it to a handhold, a peck, and a hug. And so later when Matt proudly tells the guys about his wee intimate moment, Brett Brett looks super smug because he knows just how wee it was. Yeah. And Brett amazingly pulls every single piece of intelligence and information that he can from Matt about Priya, which comes in very handy for when he pulls Priya for a date. And to be fair to Brett, Priya is basically his only option, even though I think the producers originally had him in mind to try to shake up things with Liam and Millie because Millie was his number one in his interviews. Um, But Priya at this point is really his only option. All the other girls are in solid relationships or solid couples. They bond over a mutual dedication to science and health. They would both want to go for a run for a first date. Hey, look, I'm a runner. That's weird. Well, Faye and I agree that that is our idea of hell. And Faye, no, not Faye, and Brett and Priya have an elitist chuckle about how they will both have the title of Dr. Soon. Yeah, these are the two elitist classists in the villa, and that's why they have gravitated toward each other, I think. And so they romantically gaze into each other's eyes, her giant, dark Disney princess eyes, and his little squinty blue ones. Now, the irony here is that as viewers, we know that Priya is a hardcore Tory. And she says she had a crush on Boris Johnson, the man who so badly mismanaged the COVID-19 pandemic in the UK that only fascists like Trump and Bolsonaro look worse by comparison. And Brett's politics, in contrast, are reportedly fairly left wing, at least according to my fellow Redditors, who are, are very reliable sources. And because of Love Island's rules... About discussing things outside. Yeah, about discussing things that aren't, you know, the relationships in the villa. uh, And the fact that both of these two, they really do come off as rule followers. Nerds! They're probably not going to figure out their really diverging worldviews. It's, It's pretty delicious, actually. So the next morning, Brett and Priya are doing yoga together. Now... This is one thing I was wondering. If Brett does find out about Priya's conservative politics, do you think he's going to be confused? I mean, is yoga associated with rich liberals and progressives in the UK like it is here in the US? I don't know. Do you? I have no idea. You know, another thing that might be a little different in the UK are graduation ceremonies, apparently. Uh, Lib, Millie, Faye, and Chloe decide they're all going to have sex on the same night. Prom night and also graduation night. This is weird, right? Uh, It's mostly weird because Millie, Faye, and Chloe are all older than college age. If they were younger, it would be less weird. It's immature and silly, but no one gets hurt. I would say the opposite of hurt. Yes. And at bedtime, all four girls come into the bedroom wearing robes. Bow chicka wow wow, indeed. And the humping commences. Now the next morning, they share all the juicy details and Priya acts as the master of ceremonies, giving the girls their diplomas. A most excellent scene and great work from Priya. She has only been there for a few days, but is glad she got to see 
see and experience, I guess, the end result of all their studies. She gives them all a little individual speech. I mean, really, there was, this was the best that we've seen of Priya. Uh, Faye says that she had to resit the year and jump from NVQ1 to graduation overnight. Chloe says it was the easiest, easiest exam she ever took and looks forward to more degrees. And as we revealed before, Lib reveals that she did not technically graduate last night, but had already done so previously, making her first in the class. And if you thought that was exciting... It's time for another recoupling, and it is Ladies' Choice again. So I'm not sure what I think about having the first half of the show being driven by the boys picking girls and the second half driven by the girls picking boys. Uh, I feel like we got more drama and a kind of more consistent level of drama when uh, they alternate who gets to choose. But also, we might not have had Hugo's speech, so... Well, the show has been getting pretty stale. I think we can all agree. So maybe the lopsided power shifts were were their attempt at changing things up. Yeah, I think it ended up actually being too subtle, if that's what they were trying to do. I don't know. I just liked how even-handed it was before. Yeah. So everyone picks exactly who you think they are going to pick until it is finally... Priya's turn. Brett and Matt were both very confident going in. Yeah, I thought she'd disappoint me and choose Brett, so I was not surprised at all. Matt, on the other hand, was a bit surprised. Well, she liked Brett and wanted a bone Matt, and in a very un-Love Island move, she went with her heart or her head. I don't know. She ignored the fanny flutters. She went with Brett because she is an elitist. Boring. It's not like Matt was a chav at all either. No, exactly. But, you know, Brett's getting a PhD and maybe also English versus Irish. I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's still a lot of anti-Irish sentiment. He's Northern Irish, isn't he? Yeah, but... I don't know. I'm not really qualified to speak on. Yeah, this. I, I mean, we've I've learned a lot more about this stuff since we've been doing the podcast, but I'm certainly not an expert. So Matt leaves and he is just another Islander who is just too good for this year's villa. With a couple of exceptions, the people who have acted the most ethically and treated people with respect, um, they've not fared very well this year. So I'm talking about Rachel, the original Aaron, Dale. Clarice, and now Matt. Uh, original Aaron was a bit of a dick. He was not cool to Sharon at all. But overall, the rest of them I'll give you. We can debate that on another another podcast. So anyway, Matt has nothing bad to say about anyone. He's more sad about leaving his friends than about not getting picked. I don't think he was that into Priya then. Yeah, maybe. So... He may not have been suited to being a romantic lead in Love Island, but he is a smart guy and a smart guy who gives honest advice and doesn't take crap. That's a great thing to have in the Love Island villa. Well, let's talk about a guy who is suited to be a romantic lead, who gives terrible advice and takes a lot of crap. Well, there's a few of those. Uh, Ty Ty gets romantic with Jake and Liam's help. He ruins some hand towels in a love-actually-inspired proposal for exclusivity with Kaz. I hope he got charged for improper use of the linens. Uh, But good for him for trying to show romantic initiative, and she was happy and obviously accepted his offer, so who am I to say anything? Uh, And this move 
helps them get a unanimously voted trip to the hideaway. I just can't believe that Love Island shot its Love Actually load on an exclusivity uh, uh, ceremony. I mean, they're never going to be able to do the Love Actually, or is it Love Actually or Say Anything that they're doing here? Love Actually. Okay. British, British, British. Yes. So they're never going to be able to do that again. And it should have been like a boyfriend, girlfriend. It should have been a more significant thing than this. So. In Love Actually, he's telling a married woman that he loves her. Nothing comes of it. I've never seen Love Actually. I'm just saying. it's, a, uh, what, it's But that's also, what? Like, it's, you, those are two things that I was not expecting to hear. So, yeah, we'll have to watch that. Uh, maybe. Uh, so, Ty Ty and Kaz hit the hideaway. There's a hot tub. There's Prosecco. There are sexy kisses. But most notably, he returns with a hickey, a.k.a. a bug bite. There are some very sexual bugs around here. Yeah, between graduation and Tyler and Kaz giving each other hickeys, this is uh, a lot of regression for the Highlanders this week. Anyway, let's get to the main event, the headliner. It's so after Kez and Ty Ty, I'm really sticking with it here, make it official. They come down and they're greeted with much joy by all the Islanders in the kitchen. Uh, Lib wants to go over there, but Jake guilts her into waiting by the fire pit. And it seemed like he wanted a special moment, just the four of them. He kept telling Lib, like, wait, wait, let her have her moment. So Facebook was pissed that he was holding her hostage, but that seems pretty overdramatic. I mean, he didn't physically force her to do or not do anything. She could have told Jake to suck an egg and gone over there, but I guess, uh, you know, her insecurities were preying on her again and she didn't want to make him mad. Yeah, and I just want to say this scene again, combined with what we saw earlier, Jake is really now raising some suspicions um, about his intentions and how much of his performance is genuine. Is he doing things for TV? And Lib, you know, she airs her feelings about this. Well, she tells Jake that it was a her moment. It was Kaz's moment, not a group moment. And he says, oh, well, he thought it would be nice for her to have a quiet moment with her bestie, which does seem very made for TV. He blows her off and he doesn't really listen. Yeah. She even says that night in bed, you know, you're always talking about how we need to remember that we're on a TV show. So this is just freaking mind blowing, right? This this is one of my favorite moments in all of Love Island, all seven seasons. The fact that the producers chose to air that little piece of conversation about Jake doing things for the camera. I mean, to me, that is the biggest piece of evidence that the producers are trying to split them up and, you know, get Jake either off the show or create some drama here because what is the golden rule of reality television? You do not acknowledge that you are in structured situations. And Jake does that. Liberty does that. They talk about it on camera and the producers aired it. That is crazy to me. So they break the kayfabe. They break kayfabe on on TV. This is I've never seen anything like it. It was it was nuts. I mean, Sam Galland talked about it on social media, how crazy it was. So drilling back down to a micro level, it brings up the questions of which of Jake's actions in their relationship are real and which are for the camera. 
What's his motivation? Maybe he has a new career in the making. I don't know. I think he's going to be working on toilets for a while after this. Maybe. But in the morning, Lib Lib sulks to Chloe that everyone is chatting to their couple mate. But where's Jake? Well, he's talking to Mary about nonsense. And that also means that Toby and Aaron are talking to other people as well. Um, The Mary and Jake conversation is blown way out of proportion. Again, by the show itself, too. Yeah, I... I really get the sense that the show is really trying to create drama between Jake and Lib. But Chloe helps her see that not only does she bring a lot to the table, she is the fucking table with fruit on it. Yeah, with the fruit on top. I love that. Yes. Now, one of my favorite challenges... The heart rate challenge with with costumes and sexy dances. Gonna run through them real quick. We've got Kaz, the vampire queen, dancing to Maneater. She gives us a decent seven to kick it off. Yeah, proper lap dance for Tyler there. Lib dresses up as a cowgirl, complete with a lasso. She dances to Boots Are Made for Walking. Seven and a half, a little sexier than Kaz. Nothing to write home about. Millie, with her Mission Impossible costume, dancing to Rihanna's S&M, which is a song I like. Uh, Very hot. And surprisingly, she sucks Teddy's finger. Yeah. And Jake seems like he got a real lap dance from her. Woo. Eight and a half, maybe even a nine. I don't know. Millie was hot. Mary was dressed as an unfortunate mermaid. I missed the song. Um, I'm wondering if the unfortunateness of her costume was a size issue because she's bigger than the other girls and maybe she didn't have as many choices or choices of things that looked good on her. Yeah. But regardless, she gets a four. The dance wasn't good. The four is probably being generous. Yeah. Uh, the wig looked better on Toby. Uh, Faye. Faye. Faye dressed as a biker babe. I missed that song too, but. She opens the bodysuit on Teddy and she just fucking smashes it. Oh, lots of finger sucking in this one. Nine and a half. Faye proves herself wrong. She does do public sexy. Wow. Faye, you you did it, girl. Uh, then we got Priya dressed as a nurse dancing to Bang Bang. The dance was terrible, but I'll give her a five for the pretty Priya is now porn star Priya comment. Yeah, and of course she picks the nurse, right? Of course. Well, you got to go with what you know, right? Go where you feel comfortable. Uh, rounding it out for the girls, we've got Chloe dressed as a carnival dancer, dancing to Havana. Ooh la la. Yeah, I liked Chloe. I thought she was really good. Uh, she had more moves than I expected. I gave her a seven and a half. I don't think she was any better than Kaz or Liv, really. Yeah, I guess. So then we've got the guys. Liam kicks it off, dressed as a lumberjack, dancing to the very obvious timber. Uh, I liked the Millie lift, but it was weak overall. Six. Yeah. Got Ty Ty, dressed like a basketball player, dancing to leave the door open. I liked all the wetness and the pouring of the water. I don't know, man. I just don't get like why you're, you pour the water directly on your crotch. I mean, water is better than like a can of coke like tommy fury (laughs) but like you know you put it on your head maybe even like i could see the chest but like pouring it directly on your crotch it's like shrinkage and it also just looks like you pissed your pants (laughs) yeah but you know that's confidence then 
Yeah, or or water sports. I mean, it's England. You can go listen to our season six, episode four or five, whatever the episode we did about fetishes. Uh, we got Jake the Viking missed the song. He does a wrestling flip on Lib that was hot. Lib needs Priya to do CPR, and it seems like things are picking up between them. Eight and a half for Jake. Yeah, uh, I thought, um, you know, Jake, he really put on a show for all the girls, and he did some real ridiculous things with Lib. Um, And, of course, at the end, he calls out the Dream Boys to call him, which they probably will. Probably. Uh, Next up, we've got Aaron dressed as a pilot, dancing to Destination Unknown. I like the pull-off pants. Seven. You know, strong but not notable. Uh, Teddy, dressed as a sailor, dancing to the Wellerman that's been viral all over the interwebs. The PhD was in their face, and that's not science talk. Ladies, you know what I mean. Uh, I wanted more shots of Teddy dancing and less of Faye talking about it. Yeah, did you notice at the end there, Faye's shirt was open uh, a little bit more? Well, I don't know, but I gave it an eight, but I think it probably deserved better. I just didn't have that much to go on. Uh, We got Pharaoh Brett missed the song. Surprising moves. Eight. I would have liked to have given Teddy higher than him, but like I said, there just wasn't enough Teddy. Finally, 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 the man of the hour, the man of the season. We've got Toby dressed as Clark Kent. We got a phone booth. We have a costume change. We have the superhero move dancing to I Need a Hero. It was epic and fun. Great production value. Still only gave him a nine because I said so. Yeah, you you're, you you get to unilaterally rate all of these, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the girls were deemed the winners overall. Uh my final takeaways, there are way too many people in the house for the end of week seven or the near the end of week seven. Uh, there was no major drama from who made whose heart race, though I'm sure it hurt Lib that Jake's was raised most by Millie. And I think Millie and Teddy deserve nods for raising the most heart rates. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Millie and Teddy both did very, very well here. So. so- after that nice little sexy interlude, let's get back to the gibberty nonsense because we ain't done. Oh, no. Jake tries talking through things with Liberty now that the heart rate challenge seems to have dissipated some of the tension. She's trying to figure out which of her insecurity issues are from him and which are left over from past hurts. He emphasizes the need for clear, timely communication, but he just blew her off when she tried to do that. So the Islanders, you know, who doesn't love a good bit of gossip? They're split between whether Jake is real or a quote unquote showman, as Faye calls him. She has not regained any interest or liking for Jake, like we pointed out earlier. Yeah. Now, Kaz gives Lib a piece of advice that really just amounts to always trust your gut, because Lib at this point has some doubts in her gut. Things just don't feel right. And Kaz says that. She believes everyone's gut instinct is always right. And I don't know if I think that's a good way to live your life. It seems like maybe it's a little self-absorbed if you take it to its extension. Well, I think you're taking that. I don't think taking it to the extension is the right move, right? Trusting your gut is a good way to go. It's when you ignore your gut saying, hey, that's a bad idea. 
because your heart or groin wants someone or something that you get self-absorbed. I I think we're getting a little bit too uh, specific in which body parts are doing what kinds of thinking, because I do agree with what you just said. So like, what are we really talking about when we say going with your gut? Because I interpreted her comment as everyone should do whatever they think is right in the moment, which you know, in some cases that definitely makes sense, but I would still argue that it's better to listen to other people's advice and perspective when you're making an important decision and, and you have the time. Yeah, but the gut is the conscience. Yeah, yeah. The right thing to do. Yeah. And so you should listen to your gut and Lib's gut is telling her, wamp, 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 this dude is bad news, GTFO. Yeah, and also, you know, depends on your ethics and your moral compass a little bit too, right? Libs are good. Yeah, totally. So Toby... He gives Jake advice about how he needs to be more empathetic with Liberty. Yeah, he points out that she's afraid to tell him stuff because she doesn't want to rock the boat. So I have to say, is this the same Toby from two weeks ago? I mean, Chloe might be calling the villa Horny Island at this point. But like I said before, I'm calling it Toby Island. Uh, But in here, Jake does not get it, right? He just is totally disconnected from what Toby is trying to say. Um, It seems like... Jake thought Toby would give him advice on how to win back Lib by kind of like tricking her or something. Um, You know, Toby says to Jake, hey, you really need to listen to her because she's trying to express how she feels. And Jake is just like taken aback. Yeah, so is I. So it all comes crashing down again when the couples find out what the public thinks of them the next day in the superlatives game. So this is the one where they get enough of the answers right. If they the Islanders guess what the public voted, then the Islanders will get a party. Jake seems to know they're in trouble going in. He reminds Lib, do not worry if it's negative. And yet... And yet, they're shocked when they find out when the public has voted them the most one-sided relationship. Next... The Islanders decide to see just how different the public's perception is to theirs when they decide to guess that Jake and Lib would be the first couple to split up after the show. And you know what? They were right. The public voted that Jake and Lib would be the first couple to split up. So if you were following the conversations on social media, you would not have been surprised by this vote. Uh, So people have been suspicious of Jake for a while now. I feel bad because I've been ooing and eyeing over his acceptance and the growth of his feelings for Lib. Have I been just as misled as her? I don't know. I mean, he had me going again, like, I'm not totally sure, but I don't know. The evidence is starting to pile up. And hey, to top it off, the Islanders don't even get the party. Pathetic. But there are plenty of non-Jake and Lib questions that they blew. So... Nonsense. How do you not give Fetty one of the smartest couples? Right, exactly. Anyway, uh, after the game, Lib panics to Kaz and Chloe about the skepticism over being skipped for most genuine. I don't know. That didn't even make sense, but you knew what I meant. And winning, I guess, most one-sided. Yeah. Uh, Ty Ty tells Jake that Kaz is also questioning him. And Jake assumes that it's Kaz poisoning Lib against him. Yeah, and I'm not so sure about that, sir. Uh, um, I think he's wrong and also not wrong, considering what happens next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So he, he was wrong about it happening before, but he's not wrong about it happening now. Right. Yes. That's a great segue into that evening. How Millie, Chloe and Kaz are second guessing Jake's intentions and asking if he is really genuine. Now, Lib is not part of this conversation at first. Um, Kaz then brings Faye into this circle of doubt. And soon Faye and Chloe are the co-captains of Team Dump Jake. So if the game had gone differently, meaning that superlatives game, would the girls have gone this route? I'm shocked they take such a scorched earth view of this. I mean, on the one hand, they've seen more than we have because we only get select cuts. Uh, on the other hand, though, we see scenes that they're not privy to either. And I think with this next event, that makes a lot of difference. Yeah. Yeah. So Lib gathers her courage and she pulls Jake up to the snogging deck and she confronts him. It has been four weeks since she awkwardly told him she loves him. Yeah. And uh, she straight up asks him if he is being sincere. And like I said, at this point, I honestly have no idea. So he claims he wanted to say it back after Casa, but it didn't feel right. Why? Yeah. Uh, And none of his actions have been for the cameras. Hmm. Yeah. The timing of this stuff. I mean, people have gone on Reddit and pointed out, you know, which episodes Jake has made these romantic gestures and they tie each one of these back to a previous thing that happened in Love Island, like right at that same point in the season. It's really weird. Uh, He also says that if she's upset, he wants to hear it from her and not in a roundabout way from someone else. So I guess he did internalize some of Toby's advice. But Lib is still not getting what she wants. She asks how he feels. And he has been really tight-lipped about his feelings. Yeah, so he finally... Finally allows himself to become a little vulnerable, and he tells Liberty that he loves her. He seems pretty damn genuine to me. Yeah, I know. I think like at the end here, I am convinced I don't think Jake is faking it. I I, I don't know. I don't. I I think a lot of that stuff is coincidence. You know, we don't really know how often the Islanders talk about being on TV. It's probably, you know, a little bit. I mean, certainly not just that one time in bed so yeah we're getting a very curated view and biased view and I think that's important to remember and to me it does really seem like they're trying to turn us against Jake but at least we get to end the week on a happy note I should also add that Milliam are officially quote-unquote fallen and on the verge of the L word if this kind of shit makes you happy no If you're a terrible person, don't worry. The girls will piss on Lib's parade next week, and that ought to do it for you. Yeah, yeah. So that wraps it up for the week. Should we very quickly talk about the Indeedly-do, neighborino. Wow. So uh, Jake and Lib, last week you said that they would still be together, and they are. At least for the moment. Will they be together at the end of the show? Yes. Yeah, you've been consistent about that this whole time. He just told her that he loved her and he seemed like he felt it. So I can't imagine why they wouldn't be together at the end of the show. Right. Let's go to Faye and Teddy. Last week you said they would be together at the end of this week. And you are right. Will they be together at the end of the show? Yes. Fetty, going all the way. All right. That's what I like to hear. I, I really want them to win it all. Ass cheeks clapping. 
Liam and Millie. Last week you said they would be together, and they are. Will they be together at the end of the show? Yeah, because we need some boring people. Yeah. How about Kaz and Tyler? You said, again, correctly, they would be together at the end of this week. Will they be together at the end of the show? Yes, but only because nobody knew is coming in. Although I guess they just declared themselves exclusive too. So I kind of have to give Tyler the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah, they'll be together too. Mary and Dale. Now you said they would not be together. And uh, yeah, they're not even on the show anymore. Well, Dale's not. Wait, I want to walk it back though for a second because we just had five strong couples that we agree are going to be together at the end of the show. One of those couples is going to get booted. Well, four strong couples because we didn't actually talk about Toby and Chloe yet. You might have. That would be the fifth, I think. Yes, I just can't count. Sorry. So, yeah, you said that they would be together um, at the end of this week. Will they be together at the end of the show? Yes. And that's our fifth strong couple. Okay. So, Mary and Aaron, will they be together at the end of the show? Who? Yeah. What about Brett and Priya? Who? Yeah. So, those five couples... One of them is getting cut, like you mentioned. Yeah. Who is getting cut? Who is not making the final? Tell us. Uh, my initial instinct is Kaz and Tyler because racism. Yep. Uh, and people, my other instinct would be, my other instinct would be Faye and Teddy because people don't like Faye. Yeah. But they love Teddy. Now, who do you want to be cut? Kaz and Tyler because I just don't like them. See, I would, I hear you. I... Don't like Kaz and Tyler, but I would want Liam and Millie to be cut because Kaz and Tyler, I may not love them, but they're a great couple. Liam and Millie, I just want to see them break up. I do not like Liam. I do not wish happiness uh, upon him in the short term. In the long term, of course, I wish happiness for Liam, as I wish upon all of humanity. But But, uh, I think Mary and Aaron will stay together, but they'll be eliminated. And I think Brett and Priya, I really don't care. Yeah, I really don't care exactly. I mean, they're going to get eliminated too. We know the final is going to be four of those five couples. Yes. So fuck them. Who cares? Yeah, neither of those couples are making it in. It's going to be four of those five strong couples for sure. Now, the one thing is Matt is the one guy. He could have pulled an Ovi. I think that Matt, if Priya had chosen Matt, they might have made the final. Like No way. No way. Not, not with five strong, long-lasting, pr- pretty OG couples to go with. Well, in my alternative universe, Priya and Matt get together. Brett breaks up Liam and Millie. Then, then Brett would have pulled the OV or the Greg O'Shea, really. Oh, yeah. That would have been... Wow. I don't want Brett in my final. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, I'm happy with things the way they are. Well, that sound means it's time to talk about everyone's favorite fantasy, Love Island. What sound would that be, Ben? It's the sound that I just inserted that you couldn't hear because I do it in post. Okay, so mildly edited, unedited, but posted. Yeah, I have to put the music in. Yeah, that's probably the greatest thing you've ever done in your life, including me and our children. Thanks, honey. Thanks. So... This was the beta year. We will make improvements for next year, but we had some big weeks in fantasy Love Island. Kaz and Tyler led the way with 161 points each. And they weren't even the one who boned. Yeah, they they blew everyone else way out of the water, winning challenges, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. 
uh, Faye, Lib, Chloe, and Millie all had in between 104 and 110 points. So most of the girls did really well this week. Now, in contrast, so the guys, not so much. Tyler, like I said, had 161 points, but the second highest scoring guy was Teddy, who came in at 89 points, 72 behind Tyler. Wow. Didn't even use a calculator, folks. Nope. And of course, this is how I win Fantasy Love Island by picking Tyler. So basically, in our little mini fantasy league, we had been super close until last week in week six. I had a really, really great week, but I think I clinched it by drafting Tyler at the beginning of week seven. So if I had drafted literally any other guy, we would have been even or you would actually be ahead. But by drafting him, I added uh, 25 points to my lead. I now have an 82 point lead. So unless I really screw things up and you have a great week next week, I think I should win. Oh, you mean screw things up in fantasy? Yeah. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, ample opportunity, but fantasy will probably win. So the worst performers this week, well, Brett, he had four points this week, and at at least Matt can say that he beat Brett in something. So Matt comes in with 16 points in his final week in the villa. All right, well, let's, let's talk about something cheerful now besides Matt and my defeats. Let's talk about the TNA report. The TNA report. Let's start with our lady, Laura, uh, at the Island Vibes Club. She was wearing some chunky studded platforms that I would like to be the owner of. Generally, I think that Laura has been dressed really well this season. I've really been noticing it for this season compared to season six, where maybe she was a little too formal. I don't know. I don't know. But the, the Her picks have been on point. Yeah. Uh, Jake, he gets a uh, big minus for that fedora because it's always a big minus for a fedora. I thought it was a Panama hat. Maybe. I don't know. Was it? Either way, it was still rough. Yeah. Uh, But his counterpart, Lib, looked lovely in a high leg plunge neck green bathing suit. Yeah. Lib always does simple, bold, great stuff and a red lip i don't know if she's wearing a red lip with that but the red lip on lib matt so despite all the matt love this week he was wearing that stupid little hat now i know it wasn't technically a pork pie hat but it was very close to one and in any case he's just way too big of a guy to be wearing a hat that small uh, as anything other than a joke so uh my dude lose the hat tall guy in a little hat well, plus, no, but after Chris in season one with his stupid little pork pie hat, it just ruins it for all Love Island. I know, the pork pie hat, bow tie, suspenders. Oh, man. And it turns out he actually is a kind of interesting dude, Chris, from season one. Anyway, Tyler, another interesting dude. Eh. Well, I think he is a state agent, lawyer, you know. Big plus on his Varsity Letterman's jacket. Hard agree. Yeah. Very was, cool. Yeah, good jacket game. Uh, Mary. Mary, I loved the lavender swirl cover-up at the Island Club. She is thick. Woo! Yeah, she's uh, she's got something going on, all right. But I hated the white button-down shirt dress with the faded tie-dye splotches on her date with Aaron. Yeah, I also think earlier in the week she wore this 
orange blazer. It might have been, you know, one of those blazers with nothing underneath. Um, and it was not a good blazer. It was not a good look. Um, Faye. 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 Faye? Uh, so, Faye, big positive on the tie front shirt with the white hip-hugging flares. Uh, but a big minus on her wet look. Uh, what is this? The freaking 1980s again? Wet hair. Wet face. Wet butthole colored lips. I hate the butthole lips. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. Stop with the butthole colored lipstick. I just really the hair and she has such great hair. Yeah. And when she just slicks it back like she's, you know, Gordon Gecko or whatever. I just. Ugh. Ugh. But then in contrast, she puts it up in in curls uh, the next night, I think, and it looks fantastic. And and the beachy waves. The beachy waves were also a great look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Priya. The green dress with the bell sleeves. Gorgeous. Yeah. Priya is a great dresser. Um, I also really like that long blue dress that she wore. It somehow is, you know, it's elegant, yet also casual and, and really flattering. It just added to the Disney princess vibe. Yeah. Uh, what about Kaz? That lavender and brown swirl dress with the lace front at the recoupling. It was sweet. It was sexy. It was different. Thumbs up for Kaz. So now last and certainly least. The most least. The The most least. Yes. The leastest. It's Brett. Um, So big minus for the brown look. (laughs) Which one? So the one, the first one, his shirt and pants were shades of light brown that they were just different enough to clash. Oh, okay. I had this as the tan outfit. And the other one is the brown outfit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's got his shirt open to reveal a lame striped tank top. He's wearing ugly running shoes with this for some reason. And his pants are just too short, uh, in my opinion, um, shorter than the the. They're not tight, so it's not like the tight short look, which I don't hate, but at least it's a thing. Yeah. It's just too short. Yeah. It's like you wearing your dad's pants. They're just too short. Thank you, honey. Yes, I wore my dad's pants, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And they were just too short. Yeah, he, my dad gave me a pair of, of slacks, and, and they're they're a little short. Anyway. We usually cut this talk out of... <laughs> out of yeah, but now you guys get to hear it all. So, um, also, stripes over stripes. Does, does this guy never look in the mirror when he's getting dressed by fashion designers? I mean... This is embarrassing. Yeah, he's dressed like numerous guys I've turned down. Wow. Yeah. So the pants actually make another appearance, I think, uh, later in the week. Or maybe he just has two identical pair of, uh, of slightly too short brown pants. Uh, but this time he pairs them with a shirt that doesn't fit at all. And penny loafers without socks. Was this the recoupling? Yeah, I think so. The boxy, yeah. the boxy white shirt that yes. just doesn't fit. And she still chose him over sexy ass Matt, who looks good in his white shirt. Yeah, but Brett is from like a good, wealthy family, right? And I guess he's a lord, you know, Lord Farquaad. Yeah, is he a lord? No, Lord no. Farquaad. You've seen Yeah, Shrek. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, maybe. I don't think so. Because Teddy's a prince, or he was. Well, it's all so bad. And speaking. Of all so bad. We've talked about a couple of the covers on the show. So let's do a little bit of a cover report. I don't know. Dun, 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 dun. So this week had um, some interesting covers. 
awful ones. I want to highlight two. The first, the Phil Collins cover I mentioned earlier. So this cover for me, really they could have done almost anything and I would have liked it because I don't like the original. I like the song, but I hate Phil Collins' sound. And so the bar for covering this was really low and I just can't believe how bad this was. So the other one I wanted to mention is uh, the cover of I'm the One Who Wants to Be With You, which was originally performed by Mr. Big. Not the guy from Sex in the City, right? Correct. No, this was a, a post-hair metal band that was popular for a brief instant in maybe 1990, 1991. I think they had one other uh, hit. This one was their big ballad. Um, I don't think this was actually a bad cover i don't think it was a really good either i just wanted to note the choice because i thought it's a really really interesting choice because this is you know i think for americans it's an extremely deep cut and even though it was a huge hit um it really disappeared from public consciousness like almost immediately because it came out right before nirvana pearl jam and and the other Early grunge bands kind of took over the charts and displaced hair metal and the post-hair metal acts like Mr. Big. So all this is to say that the music director or the music team for Love Island, you know, they clearly have a deep familiarity with pop music. We know that the music on the show is something that really distinguishes it from other reality TV shows. For better or worse. Yeah, no, they pick a lot of contemporary songs I mean, compared to like American shows, I think they do a a really fantastic job. Um, So maybe we shouldn't be too so. Maybe we shouldn't be too surprised or maybe the song and Mr. Big were actually much bigger in the UK than they were in the US. So Mr. Big was huge in Japan after all. My guess having you you didn't look it up. My guess would be that they were bigger in the UK. Yeah, because maybe grunge didn't hit for another year or something or two years. Well, over there. they just like poppier stuff than we do overall. Yeah, I think. and or are they British? Do we know anything about them? Do no, look- Mister Big is American. I'm. I, I didn't look them up, but I'm pretty certain about that. And also, like I remember that song from being a kid. I very clearly remember that song. So. I'm not a music director. I don't have a very vast knowledge of music-y stuff, but I remember that song. Yeah, you remember it, but would you have picked it specifically for a scene in a, in a reality TV show that you're working on? I mean, it's it's kind of obscure. Like, you remember it when you hear it, but would it have been, you know, on a list? No, I probably would have gone with Don't You Forget About Me or something. Yeah, there you go. So there are a lot of, you know, hey, other choices. Hey, 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 Q. Punch in the air. Okay. Let's talk about top bits. Top bits. Uh, I'm going to give you mine and then I'll let Ben round it out with a sixth. So we have Lib and Kaz's sexy photo shoot, which was more cringy than funny, but much less sad and desperate than Rosie and Megan in season four. That remains one of the cringiest moments in Love Island history. And I just thought it deserved a shout out considering its forefathers, its predecessors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a very season four week. Yes. Uh, number two, as Teddy says about Matt, he wore his heart on his sleeve and too many abs. Yeah, that was a good line. 
Uh, number three, how about Ty Ty, Jake, and Liam trying to spell exclusive? Ay, ay, ay. Uh, number four, Toby helps Ty Ty get dressed for the hideaway. I just love how committed you are to this Ty Ty thing. I also uh, watched about 15 minutes of Clueless like 15 days ago or so. So Really? Without me? Well, I was in Green Bay. Oh, okay. So Toby helps Ty Ty get dressed for the hideaway. Says, we can't let you go in just trunks. You've got to wear a hat or something. And don't forget, Toby's the one who wore the cowboy hat to the hideaway. So Tyler ends up, I'm sorry, Ty Ty, and it's in my nose, it's Ty Ty, and I skirt it up. Ty Ty ends up in a royal blue pilot hat to match his trunks and weird square plastic glasses. Yeah. Toby, man, you just, you've won the week, you've won the season. He doesn't work as a leading guy, all right? Right. I, I want to be very clear that the first few weeks of the season were really rough because Toby was the leading guy. Once Teddy became the leading guy, then we got a real freaking show here. But Toby as like the sideman comic relief, I-, I love it. Well, that's a perfect segue into my last bit. Uh, Toby rocking his Superman costume with Mary's red mermaid wig, a picture which went viral because it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I also have a top bit this week. It's a Chloe bit. Yes. The very end of the week. Chloe tells Toby, we're funny. I'm the funniest one in here, and you're probably in the top four. That was during during the superlative game. Yeah, yeah, that was so funny. I think it was right after the superlative game. I think it was right in it because I just looked at my notes. Whoa, okay, sorry. But whatever. All right, well. You, you this, do what you want. This was, I think, a good, good week. This was a fun episode to record, at least. Top Bants. Top Bants. So, yeah, until next time, you can... <laughs> Get us on the socials. Yeah, you can dance with us. Yeah. I am at LBLI Podcast on Twitter. At LBLI Peng. And uh, we've got some other stuff too, right? We've got a Facebook. We've got an Instagram. I try. Don't expect much. But you can contact us there if that is your primary platform. But you should really contact us by email. I have this email open basically all the time. So if you send us an email, I am going to see it. I may not read it, but I am going to see it. Maybe I'll even get a chance to see it, too. Maybe. Do we have a whole stockpile of listener emails that you just never sent me? Yeah, I never send you any of the listener emails because they're mostly just about how great I am. And I didn't want to, you know, make you insecure. You just made me really insecure. Well, I was joking. I was lying. Actually. I know. I know. So send us emails. Tell me how great I am. Please. And that's littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. That is the email address to reach us. And we might just read stuff on a podcast if you write it to us. All right. Before someone gets their feelings hurt from Staten Island to Love Island. Sorry rarely crosses my lips. Wrong rarely crosses your mind.